0: Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday, we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at ISKCONOFDC.org. That's ISKCONOFDC.org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Hari Krishna. So uh, many of you may have heard my uh, introduction to Bhakti Chumaraj on Friday. Um, So I'll repeat that first point and make a few others that uh, um, Srila Prabhupada saw something special in His Holiness Bhakti Chumaraj, that in a matter of three months, he gave him the first initiation, his second initiation, and then his sannyasa initiation, which he only did with one other disciple. Srila Prabhupada had over 5,000 disciples, but only two of them got those uh, three uh, initiations in a row like that and Bhakti Chumaraj was one of them. So he has a special, um, uh, Prabhupada saw something special in His Holiness Bhakti Chumaraj and we're so fortunate to have him here today. Um, We're very grateful to you, Maharaj, for coming. Um, Also, I I was fortunate enough to have some time to talk to Maharaj. He's done so many services, but a few that I'd just like to highlight very briefly is he translated all of Sri, uh, almost all of Srila Prabhupada's books, including the Srimad Bhagavatam and the Chaitanya Charitamrita into Bengali. Uh, it's a huge task to uh, translate all of them like that, and uh, he did some of those translations while he was staying uh, at a devotee's house here in Washington, D.C., so we're grateful that we got some mercy in that, in that way. Um, he also, when he first became a member, he's a member of the Governing Body Commission of, uh, of ISKCON, which is of 30 senior devotees who oversee the ISKCON mission. He took on some of the most challenging um, areas and some of the most challenging tasks uh, just after becoming a new GBC. And um, Also, anyone here ever been to Ujjain? Okay, so a few devotees. There's a beautiful temple in, in Ujjain where Krishna went to Gurukula, and that was uh, a project that His Holiness Bhakti Churu Maharaj started. So we're so grateful to uh, Maharaj for coming here and spending three days with us. And please give a warm welcome to His Holiness Bhakti Churu Maharaj. Nama <laughs> <laughs>
1: Vishnu Vishnupadaya Krishna prishthaya Bhutali Shri Bhakti Vedanta Swami Niti Namaste, Saraswate, Dewe, Gauravani, Pracharine, Nirvisheshar, shunnabadi paschatta Deshatarine, Shri La Ki Jai. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So, today I am supposed to speak on, or rather continue to speak on Lord Nishingha pastimes and identity and mercy. How many of you are here day before yesterday for Nishinga Chaturdashi evening festival? Okay. So those who are here, you remember I spoke briefly. I didn't want to speak too long. I don't want to carry on for the class too long because everybody was fasting and I don't want to drag on for too long. So and I assured that today also I'll come and speak on Lord Nishinga Dev in more elaborately. So that day I just briefly discussed about few points. One was why we give so much importance to Lord Nishingadev. We are generally we are our focus is on Krishna. We are devotees of Krishna. And although there are so many incarnations of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, we don't really worship them that Uh, Elaborately. Like, for example, even Lord Ramchandra, we do not really worship him or sing his glory every day, practically after every kirtan. But Nishingadev, we do. Why is that? Because to the devotees, Lord Nishingadev has a very, very special significance. Nishingadev removes the obstacles from the path of devotion. Therefore, those who, are, those who have accepted the path of devotion, they d- depend upon Lord Nishingadeva's mercy very much because He removes the obstacles and hurdles and the impediments uh, from the path of devotion. When the obstacles are removed, then what happens? Then the journey becomes easy. Hmm. No obstacles, so you can move forward quite easily. So that's why uh, there is so much importance we give to Rish- Lord Nrishinadeva. In that respect, we recalled a few things like Srila Bhakti Binod Thakur gave Nishinga mantra to Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur even before giving him Hare Krishna Maha mantra. When he was six years old, he gave him hmm, Nishinga mantra. Of course, generally, father doesn't give initiation to the son, but Bhakti Bhakti, Vinod Thakur gave uh, Nishinga Mantra to Srila, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur wrote why he gave that. Because hmm, Lord Nishingadeva removes the hurdles and the obstacles from the path of devotion. And we also recalled a few other incidents, like, at one time in Germany, our movement was facing a lot of difficulties. The German government took away our temple, which was a beautiful castle, Schloss Retusov, confiscated all our assets, and our movement was facing a lot of difficulties in Germany. And uh, the leader of Germany at that time, Harikesh Maharaj, he established Lord Nishingadev's temple. And since then there was no problem in Germany. In Mayapur also we had a lot of difficulties. Twice the Dakoets attacked our temple. The second attack was very, very serious. They came with bombs and guns and attacked our temple. One of our devotees, Bhakti Raghav Maharaj, he lost his one of his legs in that bomb blast. And they stole Radharani's deity, the small deity that Srila Prabhupada established. And and they ransacked the temple completely. And then <coughs> Lord Nishingadev's deity was established in Mayapur since then we didn't have any problem at all mm-hmm. In this way we see so many times the devotees experienced how Lord Nishinga Dev is protecting them and uh, removing the obstacles from the path of their devotion there are so many other anecdotes that I, that comes to my mind. Also in Germany, in Hamburg, devotees used to go to do Harinam at, at night in a, in a red light area in Hamburg. <laughs> but night time, that place was completely crowded. And our devotees used to go and do Harinam. And one day, a giant of a man, big man, he came charging towards the devotees. And the devotees didn't know what to do. So, the leader of the group said, started to chant, Namaste Narasimhaya. And that person, something happened to him, his body just went up and fell down on a thud. And the paramedics came and he said, they said that he had a massive heart attack. Mm-hmm. So this is how Lord Nishingadev, Uh, protects the devotees so the point is remember whenever you are in difficulty whose shelter will you take right we should have implicit faith on Lord Nishingadeva we know hmm, what happened to Prahlad Maharaj Hmm. like in that respect we know the descriptions of Nishinga Prahlad Maharaj and Nishinga Dev's mercy upon him from Srimad Bhagavatam. I will just add a little more to that from Brihan Puran. Brihan Puran I'm sorry, puran is describing that Lord Nishinga Dev, um, uh, rather Hiranaka when he got the message that his brother Naksha was killed by Hari Barahadev. So he decided to take revenge. And he realized that this Hari is extremely powerful, so powerful that he could kill his brother who was equally powerful, if not more powerful than him. So in order to defeat Hari, he has to become even more powerful. So he went to Mandar Mountain and decided to perform austerities. So when he was about to start his austerities, Brahma anticipated some trouble. So Brahma called Narad Muni. Look, this character is starting his austerity. And obviously, he's out to create some trouble. So Narada said, Don't worry, I'll take care of that. So Narada Muni called his friend Parvat Muni, and they assumed the form of two birds and started to fly around Hiranakuship while he was standing on one leg trying to meditate. And so. <clears throat> Narada and Parvata Muni, assuming the form of two birds, started to chant the glory of the Lord. Om Namo Narayanaya. Om Namo Narayanaya. His, he, couldn't call, he couldn't concentrate. Hiranakar So he decided to attack these two birds and kill them. So at that time, <coughs> And they flew away. But he was totally disappointed. About to start his meditation and austerity and and austerity broke. So he came back home. So Koyadhu, his wife, asked what happened. You went to perform austerities that we thought that it would take thousands of years. (laughs) So how come you came back so early? So he described this, two birds from somewhere came and started to disturb me, chanting the glory of my enemy, Narayan. Om namo Narayanaya, om namo Narayanaya. So while he was describing this anecdote and chanting, om namo Narayanaya, at that time actually Kayadhu conceived Prahlada and because he chanted Om Namu Narayanai, he became a devotee hmm. or rather the devotee brings that auspiciousness, Prahlad Maharaj is a very special devotee, there is no doubt about that about that also there is a description <coughs> in Hari Bhakti Vilas uh, why, how Prahlad became such a great devotee one day Rallad Maharaj in his previous life along with his girlfriend he went to some secluded place to have a picnic and so they cleaned up the place and were about to have their picnic and they developed an argument which turned into a big fight and they had such a bitter fight that they didn't eat anything the whole day, and stayed up. The couldn't sleep the whole night. And that day happened to be. Nishinga Chaturdasi. <laughs> <laughs> and the place they cleaned up was actually the ruin, of a Nishinga Dev temple, because on Chaturda Nishinga Chaturdasi day, they cleaned up Nishinga Dev's temple and fasted and stayed up the whole night, Uh, Prahlad, in his next life, became Prahlad Maharaj, a great devotee. So we all know what a great devotee Prahlad Maharaj was. From his childhood, he developed his attachment to Lord Hari Krishna. And one day his father naturally, affectionately uh, asked his son, even the demons have affection for their children. (laughs) So, putting him on his lap, very affectionately asked, So, Prahlad, what do you think is the ultimate goal of life? So, Prahlad said, The ultimate goal of life is to become a devotee of Hari. Surrender unto Hari and dedicate oneself completely to his loving devotional service. So he was very upset. He thought, where did this child learn this? He said, he thought little child probably saying something doesn't really mean that. So he called his guru's sons, Shanda and Amarka, Shukracharya's two sons, and put Prahlad in their custody to educate them. So Prahlad was sent to school. Other demoniac children also were coming to school. And so while they were playing during the off time, (laughs) like he would teach them how to sing the glory of the Lord and dance. So he was doing, teaching them how to become a devotee of Krishna. So the demoniac children, demons children rather, asked Pralad, Pralad, this our guru never taught, where did you learn all this? So then he narrated that when he was in the womb of his mother, Narad Muni used to instruct his mother about Krishna and importance of devotional service. And sitting in his mother's womb, he actually learned all that. So this is how we can see that Prahlad Maharaj was a devotee uh, even when he was in his mother's womb. And another important thing that we learn also, that devotional service comes as a gift from another devotee. Unless and until we receive the mercy of a devotee, hear the glory about the Lord from other devotees, we cannot possibly become a devotee. How many of you have come to Krishna consciousness due to your attachment or connection to other devotees who spoke to you about Krishna consciousness? Yeah. <clears throat> Srila Vishwana Chakravarti Thakur in his Madhurja Kadambini his books, very important book not very big, small book he gives uh, he initially at the beginning he is making uh, certain points uh, questions and counter questions that how does one receive devotion to Krishna And he was going point by point, like does pious activities make one a devotee? Can one become a devotee due to pious activity, due to austerity, due to penance, due to... And he was rejecting, no, no, no. And he was giving reasons. And finally he makes the point, then does Krishna give devotion to a devotee? There also he says no, the reason being that if Krishna gave devotion to some and didn't give devotion to others, then Krishna would be considered to be partial. Uh, but Krishna is samadhar, Krishna is equally disposed to everyone. Krishna is totally impartial. So Krishna doesn't give devotee, devotion. It is Krishna's devotees who give devotion to others. Krishna is Krishna is impartial. But Krishna's devotees are partial. <laughs> when they see that someone is becoming uh, more inclined or uh, good uh, in their attitude, willing to receive, they have Shraddha, they have faith, they have respect, hmm, then it is they who give devotion to the devotees. So The only way one can receive devotion to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, by the mercy of a devotee. It's the devotees who create the good fortune. Like we can see, Śrīla Prabhupāda came, one person, one pure devotee came to America and distributed devotional service to all over the world. So it is by the mercy of a devotee, we can see that always it's due to the mercy of a devotee that one receives devotion to Krishna. Therefore, we should be very careful to be favorably disposed to the devotees and not to offend the devotees. While a devotee's mercy can give us devotional service to Krishna but at the same time offences to the devotees can destroy our spiritual life. So this is how Prahlad Maharaj told his friends how he actually received all these important informations. The guru did not impart it to them but his guru, real guru, a devotee guru, uh, the guru again is jai krishna tatta betta guru hai. Unless and until one is a devotee of Krishna, one cannot become a guru. So, <clears throat> then, as you all know what happened when Prahlad was taken to Hiranaka Shippu again, Hiranyakashipu very affectionately asked him, So, my son, what did you learn from your teachers? Prahlad repeated the same thing. I learned many things, and out of them, the most important thing is to consider what will make our life successful. What is the ultimate success? And the ultimate success of life is achieved by becoming a devotee to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, so Hiranyakashipu was extremely angry. He called Shandana Mark uh, and what are you teaching to my son? <laughs> so they said, "Well, what happened?" So he said, "He's—you taught him that the ultimate goal of life is to become a devotee." My archenemy, what are you teaching my son? He is the supreme personality of Godhead. If at all there is a supreme personality of Godhead, that's me. Don't you see how I have conquered everything in this universe? So they started to tremble at fear and said, No, we didn't teach him that. Now where did he learn that from? And so he concluded, Maybe these demigods are coming in disguise and giving him brainwashing him in this way so he uh, placed his soldiers all around the Gurukul so that nobody even a bird cannot fly from there (laughs) and started to uh, protect the Gurukul atmosphere in that way and so then again after some time he called him and Prahlad gave the same reply, even more little, more elaborately. <laughs> that how durlabha manusam janma, that how rare this human form of life is. Labdha sudurlabhamidam, midam bahusam after many, many possibilities, one achieves this human form of life and one should be careful not to squander it. This is the time this human form of life gives the opportunity to, de- to recognize his spiritual identity and develop his loving relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It crossed the limit of Hiranakashipu's tolerance threw him away from his lamp and ordered his soldiers kill him.
0: Mm.
1: Just as one poisonous tree can destroy the whole forest, just a little spark of fire can burn the whole house. Mm. This kulangar, the, the burning cinder of the family, is going to destroy the entire family. So kill him. <clears throat> so they immediately followed the order of their master. And these soldiers, these bodyguards of are so powerful that they could even deal with the demigods and defeat them. So they unseaged their weapons and attacked Pralana. and those weapons couldn't even touch Prahlad. They broke into pieces and some of the weapons just turned around and chopped them off. (laughs) (laughs) So Hiranakashipa was surprised. So he said, okay, put him in the, the pit of a venomous snake. And so <clears throat> that was done. Prahlada was thrown in the pit of venomous snakes, and the snakes kept on, kept on biting. But nothing happened to Prahlada. And these are all celestial snakes, actually. They are not ordinary snakes or even king cobras. Um, like snakes with many, many heads and uh, full of poison. So poison, they are po- so poisonous that their poison could even melt the stones mm. or burn a tree into ashes. But nothing happened to Prahlad Then they started to, totally exhausted, they started to appeal to Hiramakashipu that our fangs are broken, our sacks are empty. But nothing is happening to this child. So, <clears throat> as you know, like Prahlad, Hiranakashipu tried to uh, kill Prahlad in so many ways, but he didn't succeed. Then one night, Hiranakashipu went out in disguise to find out what was happening in his kingdom. In the Vedic time, the kings often used to do that. In disguise they would go, like Lord Ramchandra did that, Yudhishthira Maharaj used to do that. And great personalities always, because they would not rely on the informations from their uh, secret agents, they themselves would go and find out what's happening. So one night when he was in disguise, when he was just looking around in his kingdom, he heard someone chanting the name of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He became very surprised who is chanting the name and he found that it was his own son, Prahlad. (laughs) The dead of the night, he is chanting. So he called his minister tie him up, not with ordinary ropes, but with snakes, called Nagpash, the snake bond, and so <clears throat> when he's asleep, you do that. So the minister was waiting, and when he thought that Prahlad was asleep, so he arranged that to tie him up and throw him in the ocean and not just throw him in the ocean but throw big big boulders and mountain peaks to bury him under the ocean so that was done and Varun Dev, uh, seeing Prahlad in that condition, the king of the ocean, he actually brought him up. And at that time, Garuda appeared there and seeing Garuda, the snakes ran away. And Garuda also had a big feast. <laughs> so, So Hiranaka got got completely uh, baffled, not only angry, but he was wondering, how come this boy is so powerful? So he called him in the assembly. and said, where do you get this power? So his answer was that I am getting this power from where everybody gets this power. Where from you also got your power. All the power actually comes from the supreme powerful Hari. And became completely enraged. In a Hari, where is your Hari? Hari is everywhere. Uh, we may not be able to see him, but he is everywhere. Uh, Bohir Nishinga, Ridai Nishinga. He is in your heart also. But unfortunately, although he's so close to you, you can't see him. And he's outside also. And <clears throat> so he shouted. Is he there in this pillar? I said, Yeah, sure he's there. And he actually Hiranakashipu had the sword of Lord Shiva called Chandrahas. So he took that sword and struck that pillar. The pillar broke into pieces, and a wonderful form appeared from that pillar a half lion, half man form. Like here, we find that in in there are some more elaborate descriptions that Hirannaka Shipu did not get into a fight straight away. He actually sent one akshohini soldier to deal with him. In no time that one akshohini soldier was eliminated, another akshohini was sent. In this way, three times he sent three Akshohini soldiers, and they were all wiped out. And then <clears throat> he himself started to fight. And a terrible fight ensued. Actually, Lord Dev didn't appear at twilight. He actually appeared at noontime. And for about six hours, the the fight was going on. It's at the time of twilight, uh, he killed him, killed Hiranakashi. Anyway, so, so at that time, when the day was just about to turn into night, the sandhi conjunction of day and night, when it's neither day nor night, uh, the lord grabbed hiranukshippu he sat at the doorstep and then he placed him on his lap and with his nail he tore open his belly and chest pulled out his intestines along with his heart and wrapped it around his neck, that's how he killed him. Now Hiranaka Shippu was so powerful that when he was fighting with Indra, Indra's elephant Ayuravata, which is extremely unbelievably powerful, Ayuravata struck him on his chest and as a result of that airavats task broke <laughs> so that is how powerful uh, Hiranyakashipu was but the lord uh, when he placed him on his lap and tore him told his intestine and chest open he did it as if a child is tearing open and a wasp So, <clears throat> Tanu Bringam, Bringam, a wasp. Uh, so this is how huh, Hiranyakashipu was killed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Hiranyakrishipu wanted to become immortal. Brahma said that, no, I can't give you that boon. It's beyond my ability. In this material nature, no one is immortal, everyone has to die. One may have a long life, but eventually everybody has to die, even I have to die. So how can I give you this benediction? So Hiranakashipu thought, okay, Brahma doesn't want to give me the boon of immortality, but I'll, somehow or other, I'll get it. uh, So he made all kinds of arrangements to become immortal that no man, no animal, no demigod, Rakshasa, Gandharva, Kinnara, he named everything, (laughs) won't be able to kill me. Brahma said, fine, that benediction I can give. No weapon will be able to kill me. Fine, that benediction I can give. I will not be killed on the space or on the land or in the water. Okay, I can give you. I won't be killed inside the house or outside the house. Okay, fine. (laughs) That benediction also I can give. Hmm. I won't be able to, I will not be hmm, killed in the space or that also. So in this way, he practically made all arrangements uh, to avert his death. But who can outsmart the Supreme Personality of Godhead? No man, no animal, etc., etc., won't be able to kill me. So he appeared as a half man, half lion. Neither a man nor a woman. He won't be able to kill in the space or on the land. So he placed him on his lap, which is neither the space uh, nor the land. He won't be killed inside the house or outside the house. He sat on the doorstep, which is neither inside nor the outside of the house. He won't be killed during the day or night. He killed him at the time of twilight, when the day is merging into night, when it's neither day nor night. He won't be killed by any weapon. So he killed him with his nails, which is not... Considered to be weapon. So this is how Hiranakashipu was killed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Lord appeared to protect his devotee in this way. So that is a very, very special, special nature of Lord Nishinga When Krishna says, paritranaya sadhunam vinashaya cadushkritam, that Lord Nishingadav actually displays that prediction or that announcement of the Lord to the fullest extent. He really de- protects his devotees and annihilates the demons. Srila Jiva Goswami also gives another anecdote in Sandarbha that... <coughs> There was a devotee called Brahmana called Bishakshena. He was a devotee, and he used to travel around. There are many Brahmanas used to wander around from one place of pilgrimage to another place of pilgrimage. They are called Toithik Brahman, those who go to from Tirtha to Tirtha. So this Brahmana, while traveling, he came to one village, and he sat on a Shiva temple. And he was chanting the name of the Lord. The village leader's son, along with his associates, came there and saw him, this Brahmana, chanting the name of the Lord. So he uh, said, Look, This is a village where everyone worships Lord Shiva. You are also sitting in the temple of Lord Shiva. So you have to chant the name of Lord Shiva. If If at all you have to worship somebody, you have to worship Lord Shiva. So he said, I am a devotee of Vishnu. He is my worshipable deity. So I can't worship anyone else. So this way, an argument ensued. And this person, the village leader's son, he pulled out his sword, and he was about to kill him as a heated argument, as a result of that heated argument. But that Brahmana just relied on the Supreme Lord. So at that time, an amazing thing happened, that Lingam of Lord Shiva split, broke. Lord Dev came out and killed all of them. That temple is still there in South India called Lingashvota. And then Lord Dev instructed the Brahmana that look, It is not just that you have to worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead as His devotee. As a devotee, you should also worship His devotees, the Lord's devotees. And recognize Lord Shiva as a devotee of the Lord. And He is also a Gunavatar of the Supreme Personality. So there is nothing wrong as a devotee to worship Lord Shiva. Only thing is, the difference is that what you are going to ask from him. Demons take advantage of Lord Shiva's uh, generous nature, his Ashutosh. He becomes pleased very quickly. Therefore the demons take advantage. They somehow or other please Lord Shiva and get their uh, agenda. Uh, fulfilled. So, <clears throat> so the demons take advantage of Lord Shiva's generous nature, but the div- and and they worship Lord Shiva for uh, their selfish mot to fulfill their selfish motivations. But the devotee approaches Lord Shiva to receive devotion from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So that's the difference between a devotee worshipping the devotee worshipping Lord Shiva and demons worshipping Lord Shiva. There's no harm in worshipping Lord Shiva. That what is what really matters is what is the objective of that worship. So this is how we get a very wonderful instruction that how should we look at Lord Shiva? Sometimes the Shiva devotees and Vishnu devotees get into a massive conflict. Uh, but there is no need for that actually we are also worshippers of Lord Shiva Vaishnava naam jatha shambhu that's our understanding Kshirang jatha dadhi vikara vishesha jogat just as milk turns into yogurt similarly Krishna transformed himself into Lord Shiva there is no difference in that way so that is how we have to approach Lord Shiva. Thank you all very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Shri Nishinga uh, Any
0: questions? Yes, Prabhu.
2: Excellent talk, Prabhu. Uh, <laughs> I have a basic question, naive question. Uh, where did that uh, elif? Uh, sorry. Uh, lion face c- came from this uh, God. And, uh,
1: he can, two, he can two, assume any form.
2: Two two examples. You know, all 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 religious, either Christianity or Hindu, is evolutionary, it fits to human life. You know, 5,000 years ago, Lord Krishna, and the uh, Vignesh or, uh, or 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 uh, or uh, Hanuman. Hanuman came from non-human primates that's fit with the humans as well. These
1: know? are all mental speculation. Don't give any importance uh, to that.
2: I'll, I'll finish one. You know? <laughs> and then uh, the Vignesh, Lord Vignesh, this, uh, this uh, head transplant is there in the science. You know Now pig's transplantation and we're going to reach head transplant also soon in the near future. So where did this... Uh, this uh, uh lion face came from uh, it doesn't no. fit in evolution point of view i on, got
1: your question on the
2: second thing is okay, last okay let me answer last this last point first. this is our imagination to show lion as aggressive animal
1: yeah the thing is that when you are dealing with the spiritual topic and spiritual reality get rid of your mind and intellect spiritual reality is eternal the lord's form as nishinga dev is eternally there It is not that his form evolved. There is no question of evolution when you are dealing with the spiritual reality. Therefore I said, get rid of your intellect and mind. You won't be able to enter into that region with your intellect. You have to simply accept whatever is there in the scriptures. Do you accept there is another reality beyond this material nature? Do you accept it? Yeah. So where is that reality? See, let's put it this way. We are seeing the world of matter. We are in the world of matter. Right? This is matter, this is matter, this is matter. Hmm. Matter by nature is inert. Right? Isn't it? Matter is inert? Yes or no? No, no, just... Give me a simple answer. Okay, simple consideration. Simple consideration. Can this? Does this table have consciousness? It was conscious. Don't get into that. You know, when what is? When was it conscious? It was conscious. Did you see this table conscious at any time? I mean, you know, don't just un, un try to understand. Just use your common sense and answer. Is this table conscious or no? Answer, yes. How do you know? Did your grandfather tell you? Biology. who, Who made this biology? Nature. And this is nature. By nature, is this table conscious or inert? Please answer a simple, give a simple answer to a simple question. Okay, if that is, then then I will say there is no point talking to you. Because you are not going to accept a simple answer. You ask the question, and if you don't want to accept a simple answer, then it's a waste of time talking to you.
0: Yes? Other questions? Karen uh, what not, not
3: yeah you're next uh... not
2: to the yeah.
3: Not the Prabhu, thank you It was beautiful um, I'd like to make two comments and a question quickly sure what you said was so simple yet so profound you said this is a rare birth to be human yeah I go out every day I see the news thousands of people killing each other th- theft people driving crowded and and I think oh there's too many people around but when I when I come here to the temple and hear you say that and you really stop for a second and think it is precious and we yeah I don't think this way every day in the material world and just to come here to hear that one thing and be reminded it's like if you, if you really listen you know you're speaking the truth and I grew up Jewish and and the second thing you said was also very profound. Who here came to Krishna consciousness through another devotee? Well, the other devotee, he's partially Krishna consciousness, but I lived 20, just 10 minutes down the road and for 20 years I w- didn't come to the temple. There's singing here, there's free lunch, and I went, eh. And then I heard through a mindfulness group, just the yoga Americans, chanting in a, in a book club and when I heard that chant and met the devotee, I couldn't not come to this temple. And when I came, I can't stay away. Doesn't matter what happens. Broke my foot here, whatever. Just, it's so compelling, it is the devotees. And then when you come here, it's the devotees that keep you here or encourage you. And I can't tell you how important, even you're talking about Nishingana. How important that is! It's, it's uh, what you said, and Ananda started gratitude, and 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 then you also said, and what is the perp goal of life? To be a devotee, whatever level you're on, because I surely know money, looks, blah blah blah, is not going to make you happy. It's not going to fill the, hmm. and it's just, I'm very, I have a lot of gratitude. Thank you. I have to ask you a little side question now. Nishingana. I see all these beautiful pictures of Krishna, Chaitanya, Nityananda, Gauraganga, Radha, Krishna. But I see Hanuman over there. And I got started learning the Hare Krishna and the Hanumachalisa. And so because of Hanuman is the remover of obstacles too? Or could you say anything about it? Not to take away the lion. Just yeah. anything. He's on the, he's on the altar. Nishingan isn't. His picture's there. Yeah. Yeah, right. Could you just <laughs> say why we don't?
1: Yeah. You see, Hanuman is a great devotee of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Ramchandra. And when Lord Ramchandra came, different other divine personalities also came to assist him. And, you know, Hanuman was one of them. He is actually a partial incarnation of Lord Shiva. Mm. Lord Shiva has this rudra aspect, the anger aspect and destructive aspect. Mm. So that is being represented by or displayed by Hanuman. Whenever whoever is standing on the way to the supreme personality of Godhead, like Ravana, Hanuman was there to just wipe him out. Thank
0: you. I think. How many more questions do we have? We have uh, one, two, three. So then we'll, because t- I know we're running a little late, um, but we'll take three more questions and then take Prasad. I think this gentleman was next, and then... Hare
2: Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thanks for uh, rekindling the story of Prahlada <laughs> and Narasim uh, my question was uh, related to one of the topics that you mentioned, where uh, Pralada and uh, they cleaned the old temple of Narsimdev. I was not aware of the story. Was it from some previous yeah. kalpa? Uh, could yeah, you yes. elaborate that story a little That's bit? That's right,
1: yeah. That's, uh, yeah. It is from bhakti Vilas. You see, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's very intimate associate, Sanatana Goswami, was assigned to uh, give the uh, elaborate scriptural evidence of different rituals or different uh, activities that we conduct. And that is called Hari Bhakti Vilas. And in this Hari Bhakti Vilas there is this anecdote that what Pralhad was in his previous life and how he became such a great devotee. And you got it right. The question naturally arises, like, Nishingadev appeared after Prahlad, so how come in his previous life there was a Nishinga temple? You see, time moves in cycle. Mm. In a larger concept also, the time moves in cycle. That is called Kalpa. One Kalpa, mm. one day of Brahma, like that, you know. So, in a previous Kalpa, Lord Narsingha Dev appeared in, in every kalpa. Lord Narsingha Dev appears, yes. and this was one such previous kalpa's ruins that was existing there. Exactly. Yeah. Same. I mean, in a, more or less in the same way. Like, in the morning, you get up, brush your teeth, take your breakfast, go to office. Like the day. Follows practically the similar kind of a uh, uh, routine. But every day is different from different. So right, yeah. There are maybe so many exactly, yeah, right, right. There are different, sometimes there are contradictions in the scriptures. We have to understand it's kalpa bhed It happened in some other kalpa.
0: Thank you. Yes, Prabhu. Uh,
2: thank you,
1: Maharaj. I thought, uh,
0: okay. Yeah, that, oh, that's a, uh, Okay. Yeah, go
1: ahead. Thank you
2: so much, Maharaj. Actually, you asked most part of, you answered most part of my question, like with other things. Like I was under the impression Lord Dev's form was manifested just to kill Hiranyakashipu, but Lord's form is eternal. Hmm. only fact is uh, Hiranyakashipu doesn't aware of Lord Dev's form is my current understanding. Hmm. Uh, so. If that is correct, I request you to please uh, explain or share few details about uh, uh, Lord Nrsimhadev's uh, spiritual uh, planet Vaikunta planet. Which planet actually Lord Dev resides personally? On. Yeah,
1: in, Vish- in Vaikuntha, Lord Nrsimhadev has his own planet also. There he is present, surrounded by his devotees. And the devotees of Lord Nrsimhadev, when they achieve their spiritual perfection, they go back to that planet of Lord Shingadev. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) you, Hare
2: Krishna Maharaj. My pleasure to see you again. And all glories to
1: you. Thank you.
2: Um, I just want to add something real quick. I don't have a question. Um, The more I read what Prabhupada left behind for us, the more I'm convinced that the only way to learn something is to read. And if you want to learn everything about Krishna consciousness, the Srimad Bhagavatam has a lot of written things there that you can learn from it. And the same way the sun is material, is matter, but is alive. At one point of this system is going to disappear as well. So everything that burns has to die too. So thank you so much for your explanation and for your class. Very beautiful. Thank
1: Hare you. Krishna. Hare Krishna. <laughs> so. <laughs> Thank you.